0: FOREVER! DOG! I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think Now he you bite biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man dreams I know you're tired you ain't sleeping well what's up three Bs what's up diamond dogs what's up athletic gerbils It's three a butcher the host of three swings a podcast about baseball and other things um thanks so much for listening happy to be talking to you again big exciting news the forever dog podcast network has a new studio in los angeles And I'm very excited about it because it's in a more accessible place. And I'm really looking forward to that. And it's really big news because I've been wanting to get more guests back on the podcast. There's also going to be video capability, which I'm super excited about. Um, So look forward to that in the future. And speaking of video and congrats, like let's take a moment. Congrats. Great job to bench coach Brett for doing the huge deal. It's so it's, I mean, it's wonderful to have been on along for this ride, um, to watch forever dog grow and sustain itself and keep doing good things and making great shows and reaching out and helping people make things they want to make. It's very cool to be involved in it, even in a small way. Um, so great job. I know this is like a huge, it's a huge accomplishment to move number one from an apartment to another apartment and to move an entire studio, big effing deal, you know, congratulations to them. Um, so big shout out. And I'm also very hopeful and looking forward to the effect that that's going to have on this here podcast, um, which is three swings. Thanks for listening. Sorry that I haven't been able to do Instagram lives. Um, I, I'm, you guys aren't really yelling at me via Instagram very much, so I'm not I'm not too stressed about it, although I made a promise and I wasn't able to keep it. Um, so that's something that I'm not super happy about. But um, I have just... My schedule has not allowed for me to do it. Every time I need to do it, I'm on a plane or something on Fridays. And then on Thursdays, I'm doing other work. Because um, I'm trying to sustain my life. <laughs> I don't have a super regular gig. Three Swings is my most regular gig. And uh, it, it does not pay all of my bills. Um, It pays a fraction of maybe my bills. I'm not sure. I don't do this because I get paid a million dollars. I do it because I like doing it. And um, unfortunately, sometimes I have to prioritize the other things so that I can keep the power on in my apartment and keep the apartment. So I appreciate everybody still listening and paying attention um because the things that I do to pay the bills are tour as a stand-up comedian. And so I will be look at that segue. I will be touring, I'll be doing a small, small mini amounts of touring. Um, everyone in Los Angeles is like, man, you're on the road all the time. And I'm like, I'm quite literally not, because number one, I'm standing in front of you. And number two, uh, I really am not. And I feel like I don't overpromote and I don't understand what's happening, but that's just what's happening. Um, on March 12th, which is three 12, I'll be in Kansas city at the Kansas city, the comedy club of Kansas city. And that's in Missouri, by the way. Then the next night on Friday, the 13th, I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then the night after I uh, duet jazz, uh, which is a very cool club. I think Baron Vaughn is going to be there this week. Maybe, um, go see Baron. Uh, and then the next night I'll be in Omaha, Nebraska at the waiting room. So you can get tickets to all those shows on my website, which is www.riabutcher.com slash live dates slash. I'm also working on maybe updating my website soon. So look for forward to that. Um, and then in March on the 28th, I will be in DC for brightest young things. The future is festival doing this podcast live. And I'm going to have, uh, Coach Ava Bennock of the DC Force Girls Baseball. Uh, very excited about that. And perhaps some other guests, maybe not. I'm not sure. She's wonderful. And I'm really looking forward to that. So you can get tickets there as well. And then in April, I'll be at the San Antonio Improv. That's in Texas on April 22nd. And then the next night through that weekend, I'll be in Austin, Texas for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. That's badges, I think. So you should come to that. I'm really excited about doing that festival for the first time and being back in Austin and also seeing San Antonio. Cause I've never been to San Antonio. I do. I do really like the song San Antonio Rose, uh, covered I think by Emily Lou Harris. I'm not sure if she wrote it or if she's just covering it. It's difficult with singer songwriters and also country music. Um, so whichever it is, that's the one I'm going with. <laughs> um, and then, and then in May, on May 30th, I'll be at the Bell House in Brooklyn. And then on May 31st, I'll be in Somerville, Massachusetts. So all the people that are like, come to Boston, guess what? I am. It's just not in name. Um, and again, all those tickets are on my website, www.riabutcher.com live dates. Now, if you're a person that doesn't live in any of those places, I'm sorry. I will work on coming to you. I am trying to do as much stand-up as I possibly can but the bookings only come when they come. So I'm not ignoring anybody on purpose. There's nowhere that I don't want to go, you know? Um, So I'm trying to get there as much as I possibly can. And I'm trying to come back. Um, So, you know, keep telling me where you want me to come via the internet. Just don't be mad at me about it. Um, And also, if you don't live in any of these places, but you know people that live there, Let those people know I would really appreciate it. This is how I pay my bills and how I keep sustaining myself and keep trying to make the next thing. Um, so yeah, let's keep supporting each other, being kind to one another and, uh, help me out by spreading the word. I really appreciate it. Um, in terms of what's new for me, um, you know, I will, I did something I didn't think I could do. You ever have something come along and you're like, I really want to try this thing. And so you say yes to it. And then you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this at all. Mostly in my life. That is something that requires work. (laughs) Now I work, I do work, but like, as soon as I get even close to something that I'm like, I don't want to do it. Oh boy. My brain gets so loud and tells me like, no man, we can't, we don't do this. It's not enough. Don't do it. You don't have enough time. All these other things you need to do, which is usually just watching TV. And so, like, really sitting and realizing, like, the thing you want to do is just not do anything, and that's not how life works. So, I'm proud of myself for uh, all the steps along the way, really not wanting to do this thing, uh, this work thing, Um, and then, you know, just continually doing it and saying, like, look, you're trying to do it. Like, there's no perfect way to do this. I was given examples, and I was like, I don't think you can do that, and instead of just stopping, I tried. Um, and holy shit, what a difference. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with it. I might get the job. I might not get the job, but I tried and I showed up and I, I didn't quit and I didn't turn around and say, no, get me out of this. I don't want to do it. Um, and that's like something from like my childhood and some very like early developmental, like, I don't want to go, please. I just want to stay here kind of stuff. And so like, to be able to go like, okay, this is really old reactions to this and be like, this is not the reaction you need to have. And as long as you keep showing up to this thing and, and keep being kind and compassionate and trying and you don't dig yourself out of it, everything's going to be okay. And everything that happens is going to happen for a reason. Um, And like, I'm not done with the job. There's still some things to do, but I feel so good about getting... To today, where I'm at today. And this was just yesterday that I finished this thing. Um, and I like, did I make mistakes? Sure. But they didn't feel huge. And, uh, I did a whole new thing and, um, it was really, it was really wild. And, uh, everybody involved was incredibly gracious. Um, a great close friend was very, very giving and willing of his time, um, and his story and his his, life basically. Um, and to like have somebody show up for you in that way, it's like, I don't, it's, I do not take it lightly. And I'm really grateful to be at a place in my life where people are willing to do that, willing to hear, to, to even be asked to do that. And even, and then to say yes is like tremendous. And so I hope I can, you know, turn around and do that for the next person. Um, but I just wanted to share that experience because like, it's so easy to get bogged down with these gigantic things in our lives. And like every day is, I mean, we've been saying this for years. Every day is a new nightmare. And like, there are still dreams, you know, there are still these moments of people connecting with each other. And, um, that's the only way we're going to get through all of this. And like, if we are willing to say that everything's a nightmare, then it's going to become a nightmare. And I'm just not willing to say that. Um, I'm just not willing to give up all my possibilities and all of your possibilities to people who want to take them and throw them in the trash. I just don't, I just don't, uh, people who also need help, like as much as we don't want to admit that or be willing to even be willing to be willing to be willing to admit that the people who are at the helm of these nightmares are people who also need help. Like I truly believe that. Um, that does not excuse anything, but I truly believe that everybody, everybody needs help. I think often like how much pain must some of these people have gone through to act the way that they do. And I feel like it must be tremendous, you know? Um, and again, that's not an excuse. It's simply like a reminder that like, we're all humans and we all do have choices. Um, but we all, we don't know what everybody's been through. You don't know what I've been through. I don't know what you've been through but I can see you as a human being. And like when you cause other people pain, it's probably because you've been through a lot of pain yourself. And, um, it's a good thing to remember just like in your daily, in in your daily commute, in your daily everything, um, that you, the person being a jerk, you don't know what they've been through that day, that decade, you know, um, it doesn't excuse the behavior, but it, it lets you off the hook, you know, (laughs) it lets, it lets you off the hook for being responsible for it. And you can just sort of like let them be on their way and like think of all the really wonderful people in your life and the goodness and what even the difficult people brought to your life, which is hard to do. It's hard to do. It's hard to do in the year of our Lord 2020, but it's the only thing to do um, is to be kind and treat each other with respect. Um, And, you know, I did, get like kind of back online in a way that I don't think was healthy, but it's wild to see. I can see it so clearly. Like it's just, it's like tangible. Um, although I will say like, I just wrote a couple jokes on Twitter and like, it's fun to just write a joke and then sort of walk away and also be writing jokes that I feel zero. I have zero worry as to whether they're, um, a problem, <laughs> you know, cause I just don't, I try not to do that anymore. Um, but it's pretty wild how it will do that. And uh, to just like witness how much people are mocking each other. Like one specific thing that I did notice is like um, one group of people have said like, Hey, I've been mocked for this thing online. And then the group, the other group of people who are like sort of involved with the thing are like mocking those people for (laughs) saying that they were mocked for this because it's not real. And it's like, I just don't understand how people at this stage in the game feel like who people who, if uh, if it was another subject, they would, they would be like, of course this is real. And you've, you've been mocked and that's not cool. Um, I, I just am like, how do you, how do you meet like being mocked with more being mocked just because you think it's silly. And like, I just am watching people do that. And I'm just like, I need to, cause I want to comment on it so badly. So I'm doing it here because I can say it with my face and you can actually hear my intonations and everything um, that I just want to be like, and like, I don't, I, I don't actually have a dog in the fight other than like, I just want people to stop mocking each other <laughs> that like, especially what, like, yeah, you can think somebody's being ridiculous and like, Exaggerating and all those things, but like then to and and they're like, but I was mocked, and you're like, no, you weren't. It's just not the way that any of this, like, you just go, I'm sorry, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know, or you just ignore it, like, but mocking people for it and doing the thing that they're saying happened is like, well, you're kind of proving that it's a thing, even though you're doing it ironically or sarcastically or whatever. And uh, I also know that it's like a thing. That is not as real as everybody thinks it is because like none of this is really real. And like the only real connection is like real human connection face to face, you know, all those things. Um, But it's also like a real thing. And I guess the ultimate conversation that I'm having here <laughs> to get to and to perhaps relate to the upcoming baseball men's baseball season is that like what you say and what you mean, don't always line up. But sometimes, but Twitter removes us from our own meaning, you know, because we're always out of context. Like, nobody knows me that's seeing what I'm saying. It's like, nobody really knows me on there. No, literally nobody. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, okay, I shouldn't say nobody because that's very specific. Most people on Twitter do not know me. And so when they see what I say, they put it through the context of themselves, and so that is why these things become like a battle so often, you know. Um, and that is why I think the Astros' apologies just didn't connect because it didn't, it didn't feel like those guys were speaking from the heart, whether they were trying to or not. It when you're reading something, it doesn't feel like you mean it, you know. And and conversely, when you're reading something of somebody else's, you can project whatever meaning onto it that you want. And I've been thinking recently about like you know, all these political arguments that happen on Twitter that honestly don't really happen in real life, or at least I'm not witness to them. That's why I'm trying not to get involved because it is a truly online conversation. I think it's important, but I don't think it's the only thing. And, uh, I've also just been thinking a lot lately about the dress from a couple of years ago, pre-election. And I feel like not to put on like a huge tinfoil hat, but I feel like that was not like cyber warfare but it was an experiment it was definitely a scientific experiment because scientists started paying attention to it and it was an experiment in real time and it happened really quickly and i would imagine that people who are implementing sort of these implementing these ideas um and and if you spend enough time off of twitter and then you spend enough time just looking on it and not participating you can watch these these like campaigns happen on a daily basis, like you can, you see the impetus and you watch it, pick it up and you watch people pay attention. And then the comedians riff on it. And then and it's like the late night of it happens within the, uh, by 3 PM on Twitter. And then the next day, the media is actually covering it and you watch it just manufacture and it's nuts. But I, I really point to the dress because it separated us into two very distinct sides. There was no one who saw both of them at least that I remember. There was nobody that saw the dress as both blue and black and white and gold. In the moment, in the experiment of the thing. You either saw a blue and black dress or you saw a white and gold dress. And that sort of binary viewpoint and belief system can be applied to every single one of these political conversations or just like cultural conversations, but ultimately... Politically, cultural, or culturally political conversations that we've been having for the past, like what, six years, basically, um, can all sort of filter back down to that sort of binary. Because I remember when that thing was on the internet. I was at one of my best friend's houses in San Diego. She was in a different room, and we were both on our phones. And I said something about it, and I, I'm pretty, sh- I think I saw blue and black, and she was like, "Are you crazy?" It's white and gold. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, because it was so benign and because it was so mundane, it it was easy to go, what? And I feel like it reset us culturally, internet wise, at least a certain generation, because I feel like each year is a generation of social media usage. um, That now, like every conversation is that. That you go, but it's it's blue and black, though. And the other person is like, yeah, but it was white and gold. And, like, there's no, like, whoa, I see a blue and black dress, and you're telling me that you see a white and gold one? That is wild. Can you tell me more about that? Those conversations don't happen on the internet. They only really happen in person. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up so tightly and then go into our ad break and then we'll come back and talk baseball by saying one of the places that I've been able to have conversations like that, not about politics, but about other things, is at the ballpark because I go willing to show up unafraid of the shit that I might get for looking the way that I look, being the way that I am, showing up the way that I show up. I have dropped that and when I'm confronted with it, I deal with it, but I show up to the ballpark with 30,000 other people, and I sit next to a stranger, and sometimes we strike up a conversation, and I always learn something about it. Dodger Stadium is my huge lift ride. <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back right after this with some conversations about spring training. right we're back and i'm gonna uh talk about these some spring training updates um and also i just want to say all that stuff that i just said up top was simply to say try this year try this year to talk to people especially people you don't know Try to break that fear. Try to melt it just a little bit. You'll be surprised. You honestly will be surprised. Am I telling you to go to a part of town that you've never been to and like walk up and down the street and bump it? No. What I'm saying is in your day, on your track, where you're at, maybe take a minute and ask the person who's, I don't know, giving you coffee or food or something, how their day is going. Smile at a person who's changing the trash can in a restaurant. Smile at the person who's sweeping the floor. Say hello to them like you mean it. It will change your life. (laughs) It will absolutely change your life. And it might change theirs ever so slightly, but it's a big deal. Um, So I say all of that to get into spring training, obviously, obviously. Uh, With the first week of spring training in the books, here are some developing storylines from around the league. We gotta start with the response to the Astros and this comes from Yahoo. the Astros have been met with an ex- unexpected combination of booze and hit by pitches during their first week of spring training. My first fantasy baseball league is off the ground and one of the categories is hit by pitch. Um, so I have I have like I have an instinct to pick up an Astro just for that reason. And I will say, I will not go with George Springer A because I've never really liked that guy. I respect him for his work with um stuttering for his his foundation, and also I hey, cool man, congrats, good work, great job. I see you, cool. I don't like your attitude <laughs> in baseball, and I'm allowed to not like that. I can respect you as a human being, but I don't like the way you play the game. And also, I was uh, texting with our dear friend Paul F. Tompkins, and I. Said via text, and so he has record of this that I think that George Springer will be the most hurt by not ha- knowing what pitches are coming because I think he was the most helped by the whole thing. Um, he went from hitting what like 167 in the postseason to all of a sudden taking off, it was a little too convenient for me. Um, however, according to a breakdown by Yahoo, the Astros league leading seven hits hit by pitches over the first five games of spring training are most likely not in retaliation for the cheating scandal. Five of the seven Astros players hit by pitches were not on the 2017 championship team. And of the two that were, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, one was hit by a pitch that graced his foot, that was Altuve, and the other was hit by an errant splitter on a 3-2 count. That's Bregman. The Bregman one felt purposeful when I watched it. However, um, I think this will change going into the season. Bench coach Brett says so far, it seems like teams are not deliberately throwing at the Astros. Do you expect this to change as we get into the regular season? Absolutely. I think there are absolutely pitchers willing to do, to do this um, because to take the hit of whatever the punishment ends up being because of Rob Manfred's like, we will not, we will not accept this retaliation or whatever. And like, look, I've talked about hitting getting hit by pitches on here a lot. I don't I don't want to see guys get beaned in the head. Um I'm talking about like, you know, in the middle of the back kind of stuff. And like look, I've talked about fights. This is a part of me. I like this about the game. Like this is where it this is where it happens. Um and it's just part of the game, you know? If you think you weren't doing anything wrong, then I don't think pitchers are doing anything wrong by saying, "Hey, you you made our job." You made us lose money and, uh, you disrespected our job, uh, by stealing from us. So this is what you get. And, uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's par for the course. And again, I don't want guys to get hurt and I know it hurts to get hit by a splitter, but, uh, I don't know. I just think it is part of the game and it's going to happen. And I think it will happen in the regular season. And I think there are some guys willing to take the hit pun intended of the punishment and to do it and to carry it out because, you know, I, I mean, these guys understand the value of this to their own fan bases. And I think it will be like important to them. Um, and also just to circle back on the Manfred conversation, I keep meaning to share that when I was in kindergarten, I went to an all girls school for most of my life, um, up till high school. And, uh, So, But in kindergarten, it was co-ed. So there were boys and girls. And I'm using the binary because that's what the school used at the time. Um, Obviously, there were non-binary kids there because that's where I went. However, at the time, it was boys and girls in kindergarten. And then for first grade, it started all girls. Um, And look, I don't know how I showed up as a six-year-old or, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm sure that I had days where I was not the best person. I was learning how to be a person but there was a kid who was a relentless bully. He was just mean, just mean, just the kid that was mean. And again, like, I think, you know, he went through a lot. Um, I don't know what it was, but he had to have gone through a lot to show up to school to treat people like that. But he was just like, he was just mean, just mean spirited. And uh, he bullied people regularly. Um, One night he was, I used to say it after school care because my mom worked and was a single parent. Um, and so I would stay at school till like six or seven o'clock at night, which is not very late. Um, and not everybody, I was a regular at after-school care and he was not. And so sometimes when kids weren't regular, it was like kind of scary and weird and they felt whatever. And so I remember him being like alone and I was like, I'm going to go try to play with this kid. And so I remember us playing for like a bunch of hours, but I'm sure it was only like a half an hour or something and it was winter and we were like let's have a let's throw snowballs and so he like put a rock in a snowball and threw it at me and i was like man why why would you do this like i'm trying to be nice i'm trying to be kind and have fun with you why would you do this and then like fast forward a couple months after that or maybe it even happened before that but there was a morning where we were all at school and his dad came in and requested to speak to all of us as a group and said that my son's been coming home telling me how mean you are to him and you have to treat him with respect and kindness. And I won't stand for, he was like a judge or something. He was like, I won't stand for the way that you treat him and all these things. And like this Rob Manfred conversation about like how amped up he is about like the possibility of getting these guys getting hit by pitches versus how amped up he was not about the fact that they like cheated through multiple world series championships and like spent money and ruined people's careers and treated and like hired domestic abusers and like taunted people and like was not fired up at that at all because he doesn't work for us and he doesn't work for the players either. And like Jim Crane is telling him to go take care of this or whoever is telling him to go take care of this. And like, it just reminded me so much of that moment where it's like, This just feels, it all feels wrong. It all feels upside down and it all feels wrong. And eventually it'll right itself and then it'll go upside down again and then it'll right itself because the long arc of time bends toward justice. But um, in the short term, I think we should keep a running tally of how many hit-by-pitches the Astros have. As we get deep into the season, maybe we'll break it down by player. But we've got an astounding seven hit-by-pitches for the Astros in the first couple weeks of uh spring training week. That is our next tidbit is Madison Baumgartner solid in debut uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is from ESPN. The Arizona Diamondbacks new marquee pitcher was solid in his first spring training start on Thursday, striking out four of the first five batters he faced allowing one run over two innings. That's a great start for Mad Bum. I'm curious to see how it goes in Arizona. I feel like he's a great fit there, and I'm curious to see where this team goes with Cattell Marte and Starling Marte. I think they're going to give the Dodgers a run for their money, and I hope that the NL West stays interesting. Also of note, Madison Baumgartner was discovered to be uh, participating in uh, rodeos under the name Mason Saunders, which is such a perfect... (laughs) A perfect nickname for that um he the 2014 world series mvp was photographed with roping professional jackson tucker spelled j-a-x-s-o-n the s is redundant in that situation kind of like spelling something s-k-a-t-t-e uh and both ultimately ended up walking away with a total of twenty six thousand five hundred and fifty dollars in prize money pretty wild. I mean, it's, it's a wild concept, not a wild concept compl- applied to Madison Bumgarner. It seems totally up his alley and it doesn't surprise me one bit. I do wonder, however, if this is why he had that injury in 2016. Was that 2016 when he separated his shoulder in a, a dirt biking accident? Quote unquote, also believe that he was dirt biking. Um, so Yes. Curious to see how the NL West holds up with this new pitcher and some new news. Like I, the Yankees and their fans have been pretty excited about this Astros news. And, uh, I'm unsure if this is true, but it feels as though the Astros may have supplanted the New York Yankees as the most hated team in baseball, perhaps just for the next year. But it's crazy to go from one of the least paid attention to teams like not that long ago to like the most hated. But that's what's ha- what happens when you use, when you do illegal shit. Um, Louis Severino is out for the season again. Uh, the source on this one is uh, once again, ESPN. Um, the Yankees announced on Tuesday that the pitcher Louis Severino will need Tommy John surgery for a partially torn UCL and will miss the 2020 season after missing the majority of the 2019 season. I think he threw... Uh something like 19 starts. Is that seems like a lot. It wasn't even that many. Um Severino's injury leaves the Yankees with a rotation of newly signed Ace, Garrett Cole, Mashiro, Tanaka, J. A. Hap, and two openings. Uh, and this report followed the news that Yankees outfielder Giancarlo Stanton suffered a strained right calf on Tuesday and will likely miss opening day. Just a lot of bad news for the Yankees. Um, depleted once again. And they're depleted early. I do think, however, you know, they have Andujar this year. They've got um, my boy, whose name is escaping me from the Rockies. It's, oh my God. Anyway, you know who I mean. It'll come to me in the middle of the episode and I'll yell it out. And you'll be like, great job, Rhea. Um, so they've got two openings. Who knows what's going to happen. Also, just of note, this this outfield position is somewhat open. I don't know. Maybe Maybe bring up Clint Frazier for that opening day roster wouldn't want to give him extra playing time though. Um, but he absolutely crushed a three Oh pitch like out of the ballpark, um, today. Um, so they're not hurting for options, but these guys who they know can do well, just continue to get hurt and continue to not be able to participate in men's major league baseball in the season. And like, I genuinely, feel bad for them because they keep getting so close and then just like not being able to do it. Um, And then our big, our big ending uh, news tidbit, and then we'll get into the playoff projections. The angels choose patience with Shohei Otani's recovery. And this source again is ESPN. Even though the angels are now are in win now mode after the acquisition of Anthony Rendon. And I would say Dylan Bundy. And maybe there's another pitcher, but I feel like they've gotten some pieces that show that they care and they want to win. Um, and seizing on the opportunity of the Astros not being what the Astros were last year. Um, great moment for them to really put it into gear and give get Mike Trout in the playoffs, because I really, truly believe no matter who, what team you're a fan of, we all deserve to see Mike Trout play in the playoffs, even if he fucks up. Uh, They have worked out a recovery plan with their young star and two-way threat Shohei Ohtani that prioritizes patience and caution. I believe this to be Joe working his magic already. Um, Joe Madden does believe in patience and caution. He is a guy that is concerned for his players' well-being. I've watched many clips of many close calls, and he is the first person out there. Um, And so I really think this is a touch from Joe Madden, definitely – that he is more concerned about the guy than than the the stats, than money, than anything personally. Um, and Otani is coming off Tommy John surgery from 2018 and a knee surgery in September of 2019. And he hopes to return to the promise of his 2018 rookie season when he posted a 3.18 ERA and batted two eighty five with 22 home runs in just over 100 games. Fast, it's fantastic. He's also totally swole now. <laughs> According to an announcement. From the Angels this week, Otani will not begin the season in the rotation. A new rule regarding two-way players allows Otani to remain on his rehab program as a pitcher without having to go on the injured list, thus allowing him to contribute as a DH in the meantime. Wow. That's convenient. Uh, The Angels will take advantage of that through April. Here's hoping he has no knee problems. When Otani does return roughly six weeks into the start of the season, he will pitch once a week, not every five games, which means the Angels will technically field a six-man rotation. Initially, at least, he will not be in the lineup the day before or after, or the day after he starts. Hitting on the day of his start, an idea floated by new manager Joe Madden, will not occur unless the Angels are playing in a National League park. Even with all those param- parameters in place... Parameters? Okay. Uh, even with all those parameters in place... I'm leaving that one in there because I want you to show how you want to see how human I am. Otani will be on track for about 20 starts as a pitcher and at least hundred games as designated hitter this season. Pretty wild, pretty excited to see what he produces and pretty interested in seeing how this plays out for Shohei Otani. I mean, he's been one of the most exciting ideas of a player in a long time. We have not had two way players in quite some time, and it's exciting. I like it. I'm going to go to some Angels games and not just the ones when Cleveland is uh, visiting. I'm going to go to Angels games to go see this squad because I also really love Anthony Rendon. He's one of my favorite players. Um, he's saved my fantasy baseball team many times a couple years ago. Um, and so, like, hey, it's it's exciting to have two great teams in Los Angeles, even though the Angels aren't in Los Angeles at all. They're in Anaheim. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see The Los Angeles Angels, the California Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim play baseball this year, which is not something I thought I would ever say, but here I am saying it. And to wrap up this wonderful episode of three swings, I'm going to give you some playoff projections. And this comes from Bleacher Report. According to the most recent odds released on 227, that's today, uh, the day I recorded this, here's the percentage chance that each MLB team makes the men's baseball playoffs in 2020. Just want to also shout out to bench coach Brett for really stepping up and committing to calling this men's baseball with me. I appreciate you. According to these odds, which teams are overrated and which teams are underrated? Let's get into it. AL East. Uh this is the order in which they go. Yankees at 85%, Rays at 60%, Red Sox down to 25%, Blue Jays 10%, Orioles 0.01%. That's like a blood alcohol level. <laughs> I uh I, don't, I think the Red Sox are underrated, even though they got rid of Mookie Betts. I think due to injury, the Yankees might be overrated a little bit, and I'm sticking with my Rays. Uh, and then the AL Central, we got the Twins at 90%. Uh, Cleveland, 30%. And then the White Sox are 25%. Those two numbers very close together. And I agree with how close they are together, but I don't think Cleveland's going to be that far out. I think Cleveland does get a wild card birth. Um, And I think the White Sox are going to be, I mean, I feel like there's a chance that the White Sox come in second this year. So we'll see. Uh, and then for the AL West, we've got the Astros still at 85% and the athletics at 55%. Also just like to take a moment to shout out to the athletics, because we've had a lot of conversations about a lot of teams mostly like the Dodgers and uh, the Yankees and maybe the Rays a little bit. But I would also argue that the Athletics have suffered the brunt of the Astros cheating scandal for years because they have put together a pretty, a pretty fantastic team, the Athletics, that has uh, performed way beyond expectations. And if the Astros were not cheating to the level that they were, they perhaps would have had a better chance at not having to play a single game playoff every year. Um, And I think that uh, we should take a moment and respect the athletics and what they've been able to do when they've had to play a majority of their games against a team that was cheating. (laughs) Uh, And then we got the Angels at 20%. I think that is very underrated. I think they're going to overperform this year. Um, And the Rangers are at 15% and the Mariners all the way down to 1%. Pretty sad. The Mariners are the 1%. Uh, the NL East is where where all the shakeup occurs because we have the Mets at 60%, Atlanta at 55 the Nationals at 50%, the Phillies at 20%, and the Marlins at 5%. I understand dropping the Nationals down due to the loss of Anthony Rendon. However, I don't think that I I still I just don't think the Mets have are going to do I just don't I just don't see the Mets doing it. Um, I think Atlanta holds strong, and I think the Nationals have something to prove, and I think they stick around. Um, let's remember that it was not just Anthony Rendon that was producing every day that got those that that they won. uh, What what was it? I, I whatever the score, whatever their win ratio from May on was like the best in the league. It That is not something that just one person does. Um, and they kept most of their pitching. So anyway, just something to think about. And now the NL Central, number one is the Reds. I actually think this is right on target. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited to be able to cheer for an Ohio-based team. And I've always had a place in my heart for the Reds. And they should sign Yasiel Puig already. Yasiel Puig is still a free agent, and it's it's a crime against humanity, at least baseball humanity. The Cubs at 50%. The Cardinals at 30%. The Brewers have dropped all the way down to 20%. They haven't really picked anybody up this offseason, and the Pirates at 50%. And then NL West, Dodgers at 95 the most commanding percentage of making the playoffs. The Diamondbacks at 25 There you go. The Padres surpassing the Rockies at 20%, Rockies at 10, and the Giants and an abysmal Orioles-like 0.01%. I will also say I neglected to even mention the Tigers or the Royals. They're also both at 0.01%. I think those are pretty right on. I have recently, like, I think the cheating scandal has helped me to feel this way a little bit more. Um, I've started wearing my LA shit again. I don't know that I'm going to get to the degree that I was before, which is wearing multiple... LA things all at once, but, um, I've started wearing my hat again. I live here and it's nice to wear it around here. So tired of feeling ashamed of something. And I did finally get over that NLDS game five loss, still enjoying wearing other shit, specifically my Fort Wayne wizards hats. So this is the episode. It's been wonderful talking to you. Um, please tell your friends about this podcast. Please tell your friends about my live dates. Please spread the word. Please also be kind to people in your day. It, it's amazing, and it sounds selfish, but it's not, because doing a good deed makes you feel good. Um, it You will be amazed if you try just being extra kind to people and saying hello. You'll be surprised at their response. I'm surprised every time, and it makes me feel good to say hi to a stranger, and it makes you feel a little less alone in your day. Um, so try it this week. Just try it a couple let's just, just try to do three this week. Three strangers just say hello as you're walking past them. It's that simple. I, I told somebody the other day, they were wearing a bunch of Kansas city football stuff. And I was like, congrats on your super bowl win. Very happy for you guys. And he was like, so stoked to like, tell me how happy he was about that. And I was so stoked to hear it. And it like, it just made me happy. It brought me joy. Um, so I'm just passing that along. Give it a shot. Try it. And also here's one last thing. I talk on the phone a lot with people. If you're a person who talks on the phone a lot, here's something promise me you'll do. When you're talking, pay attention to how much your partner is listening to you. And then when they're talking, don't do other shit. Turn off the phone or turn off the TV. Don't put it on speaker and get on the internet. Don't type on your laptop. Just, pay attention to that person. It's like in a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Mr. Rogers is on the phone with uh, Lloyd or whatever his name is. And he asks him like, do you know what the most important thing I'm doing right now is or doing is? And he goes, no. And he's like talking on the phone with you, Lloyd, the most important thing that you're doing right now is whatever you're doing. And so take that moment, have that time with yourself and with other people. Uh, Please like, review, and subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to it. Tell your friends about it. Share the word. Be kind. Spread some peace and love. Uh, Buy some Three Swings merch. I'll be trying to make some new stuff. Support Forever Dog however you can. Come see my shows, www.riobutcher.com slash dates. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it.